0: Welcome to Small Batch, where we explore the truths and myths of being an entrepreneur in the insanely competitive food and beverage industry. I'm Lauren Rhodes, owner of Sweet and Sour, a.k.a. the Kombucha Lady.
1: I'm Paul Bonds, the owner of Bean Fruit Coffee Company, a.k.a. the Country Coffee Roaster. I'm Matthew McLaughlin, herder
2: of cats and
1: advisor to food <laughs> yeah. and beverage companies.
0: Ooh.
2: you Anybody got any cats that need herding?
0: Just a Yorkie poo. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we regrettably have a cat that is... 16 ish and
0: years yes um speaking of cats today we're talking about burnout
1: okay <laughs> trying to relate yeah what's with the cats? connection there?
0: i don't really know okay i'm still working on these you know transitions
2: well what are we talking what, what what in what context are we talking about burnout
0: you know i feel like there's this mythological burnout that every entrepreneur eventually experiences and i remember someone telling me like oh you're starting a business watch out for burnout and i was like yeah whatever and then you know it actually happens but i don't think it it feels when you're in it it doesn't feel the same as what you anticipate
1: yeah there's there's like some some guilt and stuff with it you know you first get going you're all excited you get the thing up and going and you know it's progressing through and then sometimes you can sort of hit roadblocks or run into issues, those stresses can cause burnout, just a real thing. I've heard it a dozen times, like, I see that you got your product here, uh, there, and it's like, oh, man, you're killing it. Yeah, inside, I'm saying, yeah, and it's killing me, too, at times.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's starting a business, especially one where it's, you know, there's a retail component to it. It is such an intense process, and if you haven't gone through it before, I don't think people truly appreciate it. And it happens to everybody. It, it happens to everybody, and it causes people to move in different directions, and it causes people to make choices about whether they want to you know, continue down that path or not.
0: Yeah, I always envisioned burnout would be kind of like a test, and it was something you had to like prove your mettle and, and push through, kind of like a test of your physical strength and mental strength and dedication and all of that. I think it also serves as the opportunity to reflect on where you are. And sometimes negative feelings can be a symptom of maybe a larger problem or a larger mental shift. And just to be totally transparent, I just recently closed my business after a lot of deliberation. And part of that was the result of burnout. And so we can talk about that too. But I know it's, it's something that most entrepreneurs eventually face. But for me, it was at first I was like, okay, I just need to push through this. And then I was like, wait, what does this actually mean?
2: Right. Talk about the decision. I mean, that had to have been just a tremendous decision that you made knowing that you had put so much time and money and effort and blood and sweat and tears into developing sweet and sour.
0: Yeah. I've told people, like a lot of people have come up to me very concerned, like, my God, is she having a midlife crisis or what's happening? But really shutting down the business was a much harder decision than opening it because it became so much a part of my identity. And I met so many people through Sweet and Sour and people identified me as, you know, the kombucha lady. And so it was hard to imagine myself moving through Jackson, Mississippi, no longer carrying that identity. And so that was, I think ego is one of the hardest parts of closing a business because you're seen as kind of a leader and like people ask you for advice. And so when you shut it down, it's almost like, wow, that's a a sign of visible failure. But for me, it was more assessing where I was and where I wanted to be. If it was only the burnout that I might've been able to like keep going. But I was at a point where I was thinking critically about taking out a loan to scale up the business. Because for my business to be financially viable, there has to be scale. There's no way I could survive financially for the, you know, long-term selling at farmer's markets and cafes and grocery shops in in Mississippi. So scale, I would have needed resources. And there was something about the idea of taking on debt that kind of nod at me inside. Like, if I take on debt, that means I'm going to be doing this for at least the next minimum five years, 10 years. So it just seemed like a, a long path. And that frightened me. And I kept postponing, like even having a meeting to talk about alone, which looking back, I think that was a sign that that little voice inside might be fear and it might be something you need to push through, but it might be something that's trying to make you reflect and say, is this best for me?
1: Yeah. I think if you talk to most entrepreneurs, they've been in, in, in your zone in terms of like trying whether to continue on or whether to stop. It is, it's really hard because even like myself, you know, people don't necessarily know my name, but they have like that coffee man or something like that. And so a part of yourself has, you know, been established, you know, like you said, you met people, created relationships through it. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're not involved with it. And it, and, it, and it's tough. You know, it's it's a really tough, tough decision. And it's not just a, a really, it's not an easy thing. But you know, when you're sitting there and you're trying to debate, like, okay, do I want to do this in the next 20 years? You have to sit there and like, realistically, like contemplate, okay, is this, is this what I want to do? and even like myself with my business I know when I first got when I first started the business it was just myself and my wife and as time has progressed you know you know we've got a home now we've got not one but two children now and so things change some some things environmentally change that can affect you know where do you want to be it's tough. It's, it's really tough. You know, some people have described it like, "Oh, this is your baby." It's. I mean, it's not a baby. I mean, that's a. <laughs> I mean, it just isn't. You know, it's a. It's a. It, it's not your. It's like your business, your baby. It's like no, it's not that. At the end of the day, you know, you can. You gotta kind of have it in you, like to say, "I can walk away from this," and you're not gonna die. You know, but a part of you, a part of your spirit, and a part of your profile is affected by making that decision. I mean, it's not a baby. I mean, that's <laughs> a, I mean, it just is. You
0: can put it easily up for adoption,
2: right? Well, there's and there's no playbook here, right? right? I mean, there's no, there's no how-to manual one to either start a business or scale a business. I mean, there are best practices and there are people that have done it that you can rely on for advice, but it doesn't change the fact that when you are faced with a decision like this, the best you can do is rely on that sort of gut instinct and analyze all of the facts that are readily available to you at the time and make the best decision you possibly can at that point in time. Mm -hmm. And if you do that, then I think that that it's a success. I think we we have in a in a sense demonized failure and and it's that's not fair. You know, I I think that some of the greatest failures in my life were situations where I came through and I learned more than I ever could have possibly learned had I succeeded or or attempted to learn something in a book.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think a lot of people were surprised because my business was on an upward trajectory. Like this was a year where I was actually making a profit. I mean, it was not a huge profit by any means, but I could see a future in which this business might succeed. For me, I think that was maybe a satisfying place to stop. I, I don't know if it would be, have been easier or harder in some ways if I was like, you know, down to $0 in the bank account and like was forced to close it for real. Um, this was.
1: it's even easier that way.
0: Yeah, because it's not a, a, a matter of choice. And I think that's why it took me a while to figure out that this was the right thing. I talked to family and friends and, you know, debated in my head a lot. And what I think finally made me realize that it might be the right decision is when envisioning my future without sweet and sour, did I feel like I was relieving a burden from my shoulders or did I feel like a sense of deep loss and sadness and it was obviously a mixture of both but when i envisioned other goals that i had and things i wanted to do and you know even financial goals and like saving money for having a family it ended up feeling like this might be more of a burden at least in the short term so that helped me ultimately make the hard choice i think most entrepreneurs i've talked to like are totally empathetic or sympathetic and they're like i understand and then most customers are you know very sad right and think they need to like send me a, a i'm grieving for you card or something
1: you take that check though <laughs> you feel that sad and y'all want to send lauren thousand dollars two thousand dollar checks you'll take it yeah <laughs> <hey>. yeah start, <laughs> Please a, do. start to make me feel little better go, go fund, fund me. me uh go fund me uh, sweet and sour grievance fund you know any regrets or with making the decision, what what was the toughest thing with with the decision? I honestly
0: feel like it was that, that ego and feeling like I was losing connections that I had made that I really valued. Connections with farmers, connections with customers, and feeling like I was a leader in the community, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. And I feel like there's other ways to be a leader in the community, obviously, but being a, a small business owner, especially in Jackson, where... It's really celebrated because we're a growing community. I think that was tough that identity change
1: when you're talking about Mississippi change and then you talk about new fresh faces in terms of entrepreneurs, your face get pulled into that. yeah, <laughs> and it's like I have new I
0: have new goals now, but I'm starting at the bottom again, oh, right, you know, right, like right. I've worked for three years to build up something and you know, to have my name at least marginally recognized yeah. but so that's not it. lost. Right. Yeah, you're right.
2: There's opportunities for you to share your message to the extent that you want to and feel comfortable with other entrepreneurs. And it's not, it's not the end. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it's, it's a new beginning and that's totally cliched.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I've been thinking, I've been listening to podcasts that have mentioned personal brand. Right. And I think just as, you know, when you're in a business and you're branding and you're thinking about changing an element of your business, but keeping your brand or your message consistent. I think it's kind of the same in life. Like I really do think there's a through line, our career choices and our personal choices that may not be obvious. Like, you know, I'm working in a literary home now. What connection does that have to being a small kombucha brewer? But I think there is, if you really examine what your, you know, your values are, you can see that consistently throughout your life. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and that can translate no matter what the business is. I mean, you guys started doing, you know, you were doing fermented foods, but, you know, you're kind, you're hardworking. That can be applied to no matter what the the industry you choose to jump into. Uh, Whether it's if you decide to do clothing or whatever, just to use an example, those things are still going to exist because you are the person at the end of the day and that can't be replicated even with brands and and stuff like that a- another question and and i'm asking you because i'm I, and i know this is sort of a podcast where we teach others but i'm also learning from this as well if you were given in a position to where you had unlimited funds what would you have done differently if you were like had a, a trust fund available of, of a half a million dollars to do something to do with with sweet and sour, what are like the first let's say one or two things you might have with your business
0: oh that's interesting And that would have been a really good clarity question too, because I think I still would have chosen to end the business. But I think there were things that I could have done earlier on that might have either changed my mind or at least, you know, changed the trajectory. And I think one of those would have been having a partner in the business because I didn't, I, I started, you know, out of my house and, you know, it wasn't a lucrative enough business that my husband was going to jump on and we're going to be like, husband, wife, fermenter team, sure. and I didn't have any friends that were interested in pursuing you know, this business with me to the scale I was operating on. And so I think that's maybe one thing that I would recommend to people that are starting or thinking about starting a business is it would have been nice to have someone to bounce ideas off of and share some of that burden. And you know, when I was feeling down, they could pick up some of the slack and vice versa. So I think that might've changed the trajectory more than anything.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, one thing that I sort of try to coach people to think about when they're first getting started is what does the team look like? I mean, Mm -hmm. I think you need a team some teams are more effective than others. And just because you have a team certainly does not guarantee success. But having, you know, somebody there that brings a complementary skill set to the table that can also sort of shoulder the load. I mean, yeah. it's, it is a, an extremely difficult and challenging and dynamic proposition to start a business and to start one in a highly competitive industry like the food and beverage industry.
0: Yeah, I think that question though, Paul, is really good even, you know, if you're not considering shutting down a business or maybe you're thinking of changing a direction. To think about like if you could do anything, what would you do? And that would help illuminate a lot of things. Because even if you can't get there tomorrow, you at least know what you're trying to work towards.
1: Yeah, and to kind of bounce on what you're saying about, about like having a partner and stuff. There, I think that you know the marketing stuff has changed. The old it's just not you know sometimes like there's sort of a a romance about like starting a business and stuff like that and you know i'm gonna open up a restaurant in some little small town and on main street and that's what i'm gonna do it's getting really harder and harder to do that and then also be able for that business to be able to keep up with the day-to-day expenses to fund you as the owner of it just because stuff like housing and stuff like other expenses have gone up considerably i know this is not a podcast about that but it gets harder and harder to do that and so trying to do that by yourself with like limited resources can be very very tough and having like another person involved like you said can really like unload the burden and something like a partnership can like help get you to that next level with someone that you probably wouldn't be able to achieve by yourself but yeah it's 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 tough and 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 and, you know, you, you have to like, especially like food and beverage, you have to like figure out ways to try to, to try to scale. Otherwise, you can sort of stall out and that adds more stress and that adds to the opportunity for burnout to be that much more t- to happen. have a better chance of happening. And so it's it's tough. And
0: it's hard to, to predict that, too, because I think a lot a lot of people get into this industry, at least on a, like the artisanal level, because we love making the products and um, like doing that hands on stuff and really like the more you grow your business the farther ideally you as the owner want to get from that because that's not your best use of time that's kind of a catch-22 because then you kind of feel like you're losing out on that thing that you were most passionate about but it's really the only way that your business can succeed so it's a you know dilemma to think through
2: yeah, it is. It, there's a there's a paradox. The maker becomes a manufacturer. I mean, that's that's how it works. I mean, it just does. And, you know, your identity as being somebody that fell in love with the product or the good that's making it on a small scale and has the relationships, you know, like you mentioned with the local farmers and they're seeing a, a byproduct of their fruits and labors, pun intended, I suppose. It, it's amazing. But, you know, you, you need... You need a significant amount of capital because the equipment is extremely expensive. And the only way really to make the margins work are to do it on a larger scale, which distances you even further from that sort of artisanal process.
1: And it's all about what you decide you want the business to be. You can elect to say, "Okay, I'm gonna continue to be the heart of the business to where I'm making and I'm going selling and 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 doing everything you know whether setting up at farmers' markets or setting up at like other markets or being involved in these other little events that where you can make some revenue at you can do that, and that's fine. however, you hit like a I don't know like a a a realistic wall to where you understand if you continue to operate your business like that, you won't be able to obtain some of these other goals." that you might have as a a desire as a person. So if you decide, hey, I'm going to do this, I'm going to set up at the markets and sell and stuff every Saturday, make a little money. I'm just saying that's not generally going to be enough money to fit like your major needs, like buy a home, buy a vehicle. Uh, buy stuff like health insurance, and to be able to raise a family off of, and all these other expenses that come along with it. You can make it, and like yeah, even like a good weekend where you make good. It's like if it's not frequent enough, it. <laughs> the thing is, like when there's a good weekend, there's that much, there's that much more work on you as well. And so, you know, if you do that over and over and over and over and over again, you, you we, we we lead right back to the same topic to where you started of like burnt out, like tired. And so, to, in order to get to a point to where you can still have life have a life and have some sanity you have to figure out how to scale and i will not want to say unfortunately but the truth of the matter is, is like you have to make the decision where you were at to where like okay if i'm gonna grow this thing to make it bigger i gotta buy equipment and then that's 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 a lot of money you know you're sitting on the fence okay do i really want to do this or do i not want to do this
0: yeah and i'm wondering from your guys's perspective like i'm sure you faced burnout at some point and what kept you going how did you know you were supposed to keep going?
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, there are a couple of instances where I just almost walked away from the practice of law for various reasons. Wow. Uh, not in supportive environments, dealing with personalities that saw things one way, which is a very conservative way, didn't appreciate you know, the thought of somebody doing something a little bit different. Very difficult situations for me professionally and very difficult situations for me personally because you can't separate the two. And so I felt like the only out was to just leave and quit. Mm -hmm. But in my mind, I saw sort of a vision of what I thought could be better, a better situation that still had me practicing law and it was going to be a very difficult path, but one I felt like I wanted, you know, wanted to pursue. And
0: so worth the short term Pain.
2: lots of pain uh in the short term not necessarily financial but more sort of emotional
0: mm-hmm.
2: but pushing through and in, in that instance i did push through and uh, you know i wouldn't trade any of the experiences i had good or bad for where i am now which is you know I've i've got my own thing and mm-hmm. i'm not that I do it better than any other lawyer but I do it my way and I I do it in a way that I think my clients appreciate it doesn't matter what you do I mean you're going to you're going to hit a wall you're going to you're going to get burned out and you have to be very self-aware and understand you know what the bigger picture is and where where you want to be
1: I think myself when it came to like a couple of times when it happened with me about considering quitting quitting the business was it was more of a of a it, it both of them were tied to like personal things, if that um sorta of makes sense. I remember when my wife and I we had our uh oldest daughter and you know birth, baby was came, was fine, was healthy and then a few hours later I literally got up, left. To go roast and make deliveries to customers God. and you know like getting like leaving the hospital getting in the truck walking away it was like man what am i doing and you know it's like you know you just think about it and so that's been one of the times where that happened with me this the other times has happened is also related to that it's when you know when we sat down and decided for me to go full-time with the business we sat down and said okay this is what our budget is and this is what our income is is what we got coming in now when i elected to make the decision the job that i had salary wise was a lot more than what i was able to pay myself via the business and then life happens and unexpected emergency room visits happen and then those bills come in and it's like Man, you know, I don't miss the job, but I miss the checks from the job at that time. And but you know, you, you just kind of grit your teeth and bear it and continue to uh, continue to move on with it. Those are times where I like really consider, like, man, what am I doing? Um, you know, there's no there's no day off. You're on it. You know, there's no, um, you know, I, I get like uh, some bonus or something. It just it just doesn't happen. And so those were the couple times for me personally. And I, and I hope I didn't go TMI with this, but it was like, those are two real moments. where I was like, man, what the heck am I doing? Why am I working for somebody else? Why am I working for myself? But then like the allure of it, it's like, I really enjoy what I do. I really enjoy what I do. I really enjoy like tasting coffees. I really enjoy sharing the product with people. I enjoy learning about it more and more and more. But then there's like this other side of it. It's like you get hit with like these realities and sometimes it's family. With me, it's been family and it's been bills like unexpected expenses that just come out the blue
0: and i think that emotional part can sometimes be harder than mm-hmm. the financial because at least if you believe in your business then you can push you have the optimism to push through it's like when it's those dark times and you're like uh i'm in emotional duress right that it's hard to have that optimism yeah yeah i think too what i've i've realized is like There's no shame. And we were talking about this before too, that like so many entrepreneurs have failed businesses. Yep. And I think I had this deluded sense when I was going in, I was like, I will be the one out of 10 that succeeds. And there's something refreshing about accepting the fact that not every business has to succeed. And it's not the end of being, of having entrepreneurial endeavors. I think there's different seasons for different things. And I think there's a mythology that's like holds the entrepreneur up above all others, but it's like we can't all be entrepreneurs all of the time, you know.
1: Yeah, and I'm probably gonna slightly disagree with you on that sense in that I feel like you did succeed, and and the reason I say this like well, you there's began, different def I honestly different
0: definitions I, of de- success. What
1: yeah. I, what I'd say with you is like you did you succeeded. You started from nothing out of your kitchen, you grew it, you went to a space, you grown, you grew it, you got your stuff into like markets, you reached people, you taught a lot of people, you shared information with people, um, you affected people's lives. And you began by saying, hey, I did grow it, and this year I was actually profitable. You just decided to say, hey, the trajectory where this thing could be, I don't know if I necessarily wanna be there.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And so you, new when to hey the train is going but i'm getting off the train and that's not necessarily like a lack of success you just decide to make the decision
3: yeah
2: there's no losing there's only learning Mm -hmm. i'm just full of cliches tonight
1: (laughs) (laughs) but But i think that like right now you you know there's some there's you know maybe a little bit of trepidation about it but i don't if you'd have grown the business like 20 times over and then all of a sudden lauren's not happy with it is that success too
0: right yeah i mean and that's that can be in any job really Mm
1: -hmm. it seems like you started this thing with a smile and you ended with a smile and that's that's success (laughs) i'm speechless and that that doesn't
2: that doesn't happen very often (laughs)
0: well i guess that's where we should wrap up on a little high note so um thanks so much for listening to our show small batch and we will be back with another episode thanks for listening